Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thanks for downloading Changing Politics. This is a political podcast hosted by me, comedian Grongy McGuire, and journalist Marie LeConte that chats about the week's news and highlights issues that you, yes, you, can make a difference to. Now, because the first half of each week is topical chat, we reckon you might not be bothered to download old episodes. Some of them are so old, they were recorded back when Boris Johnson was in the Cabinet. So while we're off over the summer, we're re-releasing all the features we've done on how you can get involved in changing the way politics works in this country, which are less topical than the first bit of the show. They're only 10 to 15 minutes long, so we hope you enjoy this new bite-sized form. This podcast is the feature from the second episode we did and it's all about abortion access. It was kicked off by the Repeal the Eight success in the Republic of Ireland and at the end of this show you can hear Gronya talk about her experiences of campaigning there which we cut from the original show for time. So that's a lovely bit of bonus content. In the meantime, here's Stella Creasy and Mara Clark from the 5th of July 2018. So, we're going to talk about abortion laws in Northern Ireland. Woo, hooray! Finally, a cheery subject. Marie, do you know much about Northern Ireland. You know what? I'd like to say, so no, I don't, but I tried. Like, literally, <laughs> so last Christmas, I was home with my parents. I was quite born. I was like, you know what? It's like, it is a shame that I've been in the UK for eight years. I know very little about Northern Ireland and Ireland and the troubles and everything that happened. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch a documentary. I've got nothing better to do. It's Christmas. Treat yourself. I know, exactly. So, you know, I found a documentary on YouTube that sounded good. And as I know, started watching it, I was like, okay, I'm going to find out. Because I wanted something as well, not too recent, you know, so I could get a proper, like, context. And then the documentary starts and it goes, you know, and our story starts in 10,000 BC. (laughs) (laughs) So I weirdly know, like, a fair bit about the very, very ancient history, you know, the Vikings. But uh, then I got bored. So, I'm yeah, that stopped at kind of 2000 BC. Oh, I won't tell you what. I'll, no spoilers. <laughs> but some amazing oxbow lakes built up, let me tell you. <laughs> so how much would it surprise you that they don't have the same laws as the rest of the United Kingdom? So I feel like it's something I'm sort of like vaguely aware of as a concept, but I don't actually really know the detail on that. They do have very strict rules that are totally 
divergent from the UK, particularly in social matters. So in Northern Ireland, still there is no equal marriage. Gay consensual sex was legalised 15 years after the rest of the United Kingdom, as recently as 1982. It's not just gay people that Northern Ireland have a problem with. Don't worry, ladies, you're not, not missing out on any of that bigotry. They also are big into denying abortion rights. Now, luckily, abortion rights is an issue that unites both sides of Northern Ireland's communities. Everyone hates women. Woo! <laughs> it's basically the Northern Irish remake of Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> but instead of running for 10 series, it's been running for about 300 years. Do you know when abortion was legalised in the United Kingdom? Uh, yeah, in 1967, right? Correct. This is the grimmest version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> You're through to control of your own body. <laughs> Do you know when it was legalised in Northern Ireland? I'm guessing from the way it was asked, there was maybe a bit of a delay. So let's say 69. Nice. <laughs> it's quite a delay because it still hasn't happened yet. Fucking hell. The 1967 Abortion Act was never extended to Northern Ireland, which means that the law which currently governs abortion in Northern Ireland is the Offences Against the Persons Act of 1861. Not nice. <laughs> so the Offences Against the Person Act, 1861, here's some fun facts. You can get a three-month custodial sentence for assault with intent to obstruct the sale of grain. That is a very serious crime. <laughs> I, I am glad that we're talking about this. <laughs> Although, strictly speaking, abortion isn't legal in the UK either. This is an issue that Labour MP Stella Creasy has been campaigning a lot about and we spoke to her about it. One of the myths we have to dispel is that abortion is legal in the United Kingdom, because it's not. All that happened in 1967 in this country is that exemptions were given for prosecution. Uh, what it is in the United Kingdom is that you as a woman can ask, in England and Wales rather, and, and in Scotland, now, common law laws are similar, you can ask a doctor for an abortion, and if the doctor and another doctor agree, then you can be exempted from prosecution. They don't have those exemptions in Northern Ireland. So in Northern Ireland, it is technically true that if you are raped and you become pregnant as a result of that rape and you seek a termination, you could, in theory, face a longer prison sentence than the person who attacked you. Northern Ireland does have the 1945 Infant Preservation Act, which permits terminations to preserve the life of the mother, but that is strict. That only permits abortion if a woman's life is at risk or there is a permanent or serious risk to her mental or physical health. That criteria doesn't include fatal fetal abnormalities, rape or incest. So if you can only get abortions in like those kind of very specific circumstances, what does that mean practically? Well, in the UK, about 16% of pregnancies end in termination, whereas in Northern Ireland, it's 0.06%. Jesus. And it's not about the numbers. It's the fact that there's a part of the United Kingdom in this day and age where women do not have control over what happens to their body. They do not get to decide for themselves whether to continue with a pregnancy or not. And if they decide they don't want to, they're forced to travel, which they shouldn't have to for just healthcare. So what are we doing about this? Like, what, what, is, what is happening around this? Well, there are charities doing amazing work to help women from Northern Ireland and Irish women to get abortions. Um, I had an interview with Mara Clark, who helped set up the Abortion Support Network. I started doing this work in the US when I read an article in The Village Voice 
about how women would find out they were pregnant and they would need an abortion, but they'd go to the doctor and the doctor would say, it's $500. And they'd say, well, I don't have that. So they'd go home and work some extra shifts and pull some money together, come back a month later. Now it's six fifty. So then they'd go maybe sell the car, pawn their wedding ring, whatever, you know, whatever they had, come back and they would say, oh, sorry, you're in Pennsylvania. We only go to 16 weeks and you're 16 weeks one day. So you have to go to New York where it's $2,000 and it's a two-day outpatient procedure. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, wait, what? But abortion's legal. What? (laughs) So for me, it was the penny dropped. I was like, so if I lived somewhere and I didn't have money, I would have to have a baby I didn't want or couldn't take care of? What? So I got involved with a group there that was providing overnight accommodation to women coming to New York for second trimester abortions. So when I moved here, I looked to see if there was similar work, and I was told, oh, there used to be a group of Irish women helping Irish women. That was the Irish Women's Abortion Support Group from 1980 until 2000. But then I was told, oh, that's not necessary anymore because now we have Ryanair and the internet so and credit cards, so uh, it's not needed at all. But um, every year the Department of Health was showing that 5,000 women were giving Irish or Northern Irish or Manx addresses at UK clinics. And you know if 5,000 are coming, then there's 500 or 50 or 5 who aren't coming because they don't have the money. And all of that is a very long way of saying that we decided that I can't afford an abortion shouldn't be the only reason somebody has a baby. Okay, but you know, maybe I'm just being overly positive, you know, because... Even though Northern Ireland is outdated on abortion, surely things are changing. You know, like Ireland just repealed the 8th. So isn't the news generally good on abortion? Well, except change is very slow and progress isn't linear. Repealing the 8th did not make abortion legal in Ireland. Repealing the 8th just took away the bit of the Constitution that gives a woman and a fetus an equal right to life, which impacted not only abortion, but every stage of pregnancy. So the 8th has been repealed. And the law that stands at the minute is the law that allows abortion to save a woman's life. And that is the law that it took Ireland 22 years to make after they were told they had to. 22 years to pass what is called the Protection of Life During Pregnancy Act, which is the law that brought us the Miss Y case, which is when they took a teenage raped refugee who tried to kill herself and went on hunger strike when she found out she was pregnant, and they delayed her for so long because she had to prove how suicidal she was that they delivered her by cesarean section at 25 weeks shortly after her 18th birthday. So that's the current law. Cool. <laughs> it's cheery. It's very cheery. And we had two clients both try and kill themselves twice, both be told that they weren't suicidal enough. So it's a, it's a garbage law. And, but that is the law that they have. So first, they have to make a law. Then they have to find doctors who know how to do abortions. <laughs> then they have to find doctors who are willing to do abortions. The quickest any country has ever gone from legislation to provision is 18 months. And that was Portugal. But I think, I guess the thing is, you know, and I've heard several people make that argument before, is that, you know, it is a devolved matter and, you know, like devolution. I think there's always concerns about kind of Westminster overstepping and doing this. So, you know... Should Westminster really force them to do anything like this? I put that question about the issue of devolution to Stella and here's what she said. What the government will say to you now is this is a devolved matter. Of course, some of us who think it's a fundamental human rights matter recognise, especially with the Good Friday Agreement, that you don't devolve human rights. Women's rights shouldn't be something that are politically expedient to give to somebody else. Also, I think what makes their position unsustainable is 
we've seen similar exemptions around same-sex marriage, for example. And actually, in the last year, the government has said, well, if the legislature in the UK were to bring forward legislation about extending same-sex marriage to Northern Ireland, we would give MPs a free vote. And when I asked the same question about abortion, they said, oh, no, 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 it's a devolved matter. And you said... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, hang on a minute. Why is it that... Gay rights are something that are universal and something we feel we should protect, but women's rights are not. That's You, you can't be selective when it comes to the campaigns for equality. I'd, I'd like to see both as a matter of record, and I will campaign and, and work alongside people to achieve both. But I think what we've seen historically is that Northern Ireland's political system has been behind where its public is. And so when it's come to political decisions about legislation around human rights and equalities issues, there's been a kind of, well, we'll, we'll exempt them rather than actually listening and working with people on the ground. That has to change. But so like historically, like, has there been a major party like properly fighting for this, or, like fighting to change things from Westminster? Well, Sadly, neither party has really been great on this one. In 2008, there was a chance to extend the Abortion Act to Northern Ireland, but the Labour government at the time did a deal with the DUP in exchange for their support in extending the time of detaining terrorists without charge to 42 days. But hey... Thank goodness no other government would be stupid enough to do a deal with the DUP after that. Am I right? Also, the law is just really murky. In 2016, a Belfast woman who bought drugs online to terminate her pregnancy, as she had no access to illegal abortion, was given a suspended sentence. And up until recently, women from Northern Ireland were not entitled to abortions on the NHS in England, meaning they had to travel over to Britain and pay for it out of their own pocket. Thankfully, recently a law was passed changing that. Now Northern Irish women can get a free abortion once they travel over to Britain. Yep, totally free. I mean, apart from the airfare and accommodation and taking time off work and the fact that their taxes pay towards the NHS in the first place. But apart from that, it's just completely free. So we give information on the least expensive way to arrange abortion and travel which is more than just about money. Because people are like, oh, you can just travel. Um, Sure, if you have money and a passport and uh, 
secure residential status. Um, we are the people who can tell you what airline you can fly without a passport. Flybee, for instance, firearms permit. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a gun just so I can show my firearms permit to get on a plane. You know, we also know who can help you process a visa quickly because the cost of an abortion goes up about doubles at 14 weeks and about triples at 19 weeks. You know, we know, okay, if you live in this part of Ireland, even though you're near an airport, that airport only has flights every other day at three o'clock in the afternoon. So you'd have to stay over for three days. Whereas if you could get to Dublin, if you come to Dublin in the afternoon, fly overnight, stay with one of our people, go to the clinic in the morning, fly out the next night, it's less than three days. It's still not ideal. We know what time of day to take your methadone. If you happen to be a heroin addict, we know things. We know all, you know, I know if you are from Moldova and living in the Republic of Ireland that you need a visa to come to England, but you don't need a visa to go to any country that France used to own. Christ, this is so depressing. Like, women are just generally treated like second-class citizens in a part of the UK. Like, that's generally mad. Yes, but even despite this, there are people doing really, really good work, like Mara, and she has good days too, I promise. There's so much joy in people calling a group of, okay, our, you know, our organization isn't all women, but our, our helpline is. We've actually never had a man apply. But there's so much joy because when somebody calls and they say, I need help, and we say, okay, we'll help you. And it's kind of amazing. And the two things that helpline volunteers come back to me with after their first or second shift is, well, you always say there's no such thing as a typical, a typical client, and I never believe you. Now I do. <laughs> and then the other thing they say is what surprised me the most was the laughter. There is joy to just helping somebody in this very practical, immediate way. Okay, I'm actually quite cheerful again. This was, you know, this was quite encouraging. So what can we do to help? Well, I let Mara field that question. First of all, Abortion Support Network is a tiny charity and all of our money comes from private individuals. So if you have a fiver or a tenner, we will take it off you gladly and we will spend it well. We can stretch a penny further than anybody. Also, if you're interested in what's going on, you should really follow Alliance for Choice or uh, the London Irish Abortion Rights Campaign because they are both... Uh, the, the groups that, you know, so Alliance for Choice has been campaigning in Northern Ireland for many years, and the London Irish Abortion Rights Campaign is local, and they have um, chapters all over England. As brilliant as that is, the law needs to change. Here's Stella Creasy on what you can do to make that happen. What we need is two things. Is one is a piece of legislation that we can do that in. Two, we need people to vote for it. So in order to get that piece of legislation, we need... The, I mean, the piece of legislation I've been looking at is the domestic abuse bill. Um, we need that to be brought forward to Parliament. Now, the government promised this piece of legislation in the Queen's speech. You know, there's other legislation that they promised in the Queen's speech that has not just been published in draft, but has gone through the House of Commons and the House of Lords. So they are dragging their feet on this. They're making noises about bringing that piece of legislation in sometime May, June next year, which is curiously after uh, the Brexit deadline <laughs> and when they may or may not need the support of the DUP. I, d I, I have no idea why that would be the case. It seems co complete coincidence that they need three years to write a piece of legislation that they've been telling us that they've got in their pocket. There's an added 
urgency to this, which, of course, is the Supreme Court ruling said it breached human rights situation in Northern Ireland, but also said that because it was the Northern Irish Human Rights Commission that had brought the case, they weren't the direct victims of this policy and therefore they couldn't force the government to change the policy. So we're in a position now where if the government doesn't bring forward that piece of legislation, a rape victim will have to go to court to vindicate her rights or basically have to take the government to court to say, we've got a ruling, I now need to enforce it. None of us mm-hmm. want that. So it's better for listeners to contact the Home Secretary. Or should yeah. they contact the local MP as well? Or is it they should ask their local MP also to help contact the Home Secretary and say, look, come on, we all know we've got to deal with this. Everybody gets the difficulties of politics of the DUP obviously propping up the government. But this is a human rights violation. And if the alternative is that they are forcing a rape victim to go to court and have to say what has happened to them... Yeah, this is the 21st century. I, I said it in Parliament. This is not Gilead. You know, it shouldn't be that we force women to go through this. We should be equals. And you can't be equals if you can't control your own body. Thank you, Stella. Blessed be the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Under his eye. <laughs> So I was part of the work to repeal the eighth and Ireland is such a conservative country. Well, it was seen as such a conservative country and all the talk before the referendum was like Middle Ireland will never vote for abortion on demand in inverted commas, that it will never get through and even if it will get through, it'll only be like in really the tough, tough cases. But then, I mean, it was just unbelievable. I flew home for it. The atmosphere was just incredible. There were women at the airport with banners. There was people handing out Tato crisps. It was such such an emotional, uplifting experience. And everybody said, oh, yeah, it would be really sad. And, you know, at the very best, it was scraped through, but only in the, you know, the, the most limited circumstances. And even then, it won't be a cause for celebration. It will just be sort of a sombre day. And all the experts, I mean, I think I agree with Michael Gove for once. <laughs> All the experts were completely wrong. It wasn't. It was a landslide. We, we got it through with more votes than equal marriage. And then people were polled. And even though like something like a huge proportion still identified as Catholic, they were still the same people who voted for yes to repeal the eighth to uh, make uh, abortion uh, legal. And the, they were asked why. And the, the majority, I think it was 60%, said because it was a woman's right to choose. It wasn't, oh, because sometimes, you know, good and bad abortions and only in the toughest, toughest situations. It's just as simple as a woman's right to choose. And that was a huge sea change that happened in sort of Irish culture over the past two years. And if you told me a year ago what was going to happen, I would never, I would never thought it was possible. But it is possible because so many people got involved and so many brave women told their stories and people were asked what changed their mind and it wasn't the posters that uh, the anti-choice people pumped I mean the anti-choice are so they've got so much money uh, there was people coming like there was money from the far right in America there was, it was really really dark really horrible horrible advertising but it, it didn't have an impact they said the biggest reason why people changed their mind was personal stories women coming forward and sharing their experiences so suddenly this, it was always assumed that Middle Ireland thought a certain way about something. And then this came through and we had to completely rip up like a, like a, a government paper in Michael Gove's hand. <laughs> we had to rip up 
what we assumed about Middle Ireland because it turned out it was much more compassionate, it was much more forward thinking, it was much kinder than anybody assumed. So I think my, I 100% believe that the more women are able to talk about our experiences and our bodies, you know, we can change things. And that's what happened in Northern Ireland. And it will definitely happen in Northern Ireland. And it will definitely happen in the UK too. Thanks for listening to this feature-only episode of Changing Politics. You can follow us on Twitter at Changing Polypod and Facebook, Changing Poll, for more information, including when we'll be back with new full episodes. Until then, thanks for listening. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.